What is going on, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls? You are on the sidelines with the Sideline Guys. And today, you are joining us for a very special MMA edition. If you couldn't tell already, I'm being joined by my guy, my brother in arms. We're from two very different Latino countries, but I promise you, we are brothers in Negron, nonetheless. My guy, Sean Negron, how's it going, my friend? It's going good. It's going well. You know, I'm excited. We're finally here to another pay-per-view event. Uh, I felt like this one was a little longer than usual. I know they come every month, but I felt like this one was more like five, six weeks. So I'm glad that we're finally back and uh, I've been looking forward to this card for a while. And now that we have a couple little changes in there that we talked about in the recap show, I'm uh, very excited to finally uh, do some picks, get some uh, dynasty in there, and hopefully come out on top this week. Hell yeah, man. Well, not to the last part, but for everything else, uh, such such a different card that we're looking forward to here now, which... Uh, is very exciting, if you ask me. Like I said, I think both of the replacement fights actually uh, add a different layer of intrigue. I'm not saying they're better. It's just a different uh, intrigue for different reasons. Uh, So with all that being said, we've got an action-packed show, so it's only right we get right into it. But before we do that, Sean, why don't you tell the people where they can find you? You can find me at SeanNegron26 on Twitter, and then you can go to my website, bsreports.org and uh, you can anything you want to get involved in sports media sports writing anything like that uh, let me know and i will help you get started yes sir and you could find me at negron mma on twitter as well as the tiktok and you could also find me at instagram on chris chris negron underscore but most importantly make sure you're following the brand ots media co on youtube and ots media on all social media platforms making make sure on youtube you're subscribed you're hitting that notification bell so you never miss when we drop one of these fantastic episodes so with all that being said let's get right into it with the first fight of the night ufc 294 shara magomedov coming up against bruno silva sean i'm throwing to you right off the top i hope you're limber i hope you're ready wow how you feeling about this kickoff fight at 294 well you know what i'm not gonna lie to you i feel pretty good about it um you know to keep it to keep it quick Uh, i've only seen bits and pieces of shara but he's the one i'm going with um, I've liked what he's done, and you know what thing is, I, I have to I have to go a lot with um, with the favorites here. Where you know, if you come from similar country or similar background, feel like this is your home ballpark here. I know I'm keeping this baseball terms doesn't make any sense, but you know I feel like uh, you get this card. This is like a peak moment for your career, especially for someone like Shara, who's getting a big chance here he's still relatively young 29 years old and uh to get this card started he's 11 and 0 i'm i think minus 200s a little bit of uh i'm a little i'm not too happy with that moderate type of favoritism I, i think he should be rated more and i think he bruno silva is obviously nothing to sneeze at here but i really do like shara in this one and i think he uh i think he will get a nice dub 
Hey, I love it. I love it. I love the analysis. I am a little nervous about this fight too, but for different reasons. Um, I think Bruno Silva is a dog. I think he's someone that not a lot of people give the recognition to because most of his UFC career fights have been losses. Uh, but the man is a complete fighter. If you ask me, he's someone who sticks to it, right? There's not a lot of fighters who stick to it for 15 full minutes. The guy, the guy will bring the dog out of anyone. And I think that's what, that's why this fight is lined so closely. I think, especially with Shara, um, I know he has one eye, right? Shout out to Bisping. I know that's a, that's a big thing, right? And despite that, I think also, just from what I've seen of his mechanics, he tends to be a little bit open when he's striking, especially on the exit. Um, really leaves his head high, and obviously the hands are there to parry and block, but um, his chin is right up in the air. So I, I feel like that has to be the thinking here, right? Like Bruno Silva has power. He's someone that puts on a pace against his opponents, and if Shar is there to be hit, right, this could end up becoming a war real quick. Um, I agree with you, though. I think Shara's skills are ultimately what pays the bills. And I think especially if he's able to get some top control and wear out on Bruno Silva a little bit, I think he could really um, separate himself as far as uh, when it comes time to read the decision. But I think this is a sneaky competitive fight here, man. I'm going Shara as well, uh, but I won't be surprised if Bruno Silva shocks the world, man. I don't know if it would necessarily be shocking the world because, you know, he's got the experience here in the UFC for, for quite some time. And with Shara, you know, I think he's a bit of a hype factor right now. Obviously, like you said, um, with the one eye and stuff like that. But, you know, his last win was an eight-second knee in, in the uh, his last fight. I, I forget. TNF, I think it was. I don't even remember what it was called. But, you know, he's got some hype around him right now. So you're bringing in a hype monster to face a UFC veteran here. And, you know, who knows? UFC could bring in, you know, it might be an easy fight for Bruno to come in and just absolutely show that the UFC is nothing to, to sneeze at. If you have to be here a long time to consider yourself a, a legend of this game. So, you know, I, I don't know. I, I'm excited to see what happens here. The one thing that, that concerns me with Shara is the fact that he has not fought in, I think, it's almost a year now. So the fact that you haven't fought in a year and now you're fighting in the UFC for the first time that's a little scary for me but I still think he can get it done great shouts we're on the same side uh but I wonder if we are for this one Victoria with two eyes Dudakova at minus 400 coming up against Jinyu Fry plus 400 Fry obviously a pioneer for the women's MMA game, someone that's been around for a very long time, someone that I've watched complete, I mean, compete many times in Invicta before she even found her way to the UFC. I'm a big fan of her game, someone who also is very, very process-oriented. Um, this matchup is going to be fun, right? This matchup is going to be exciting. Um, Dudakova and her UFC debut, obviously, you, you hate to see things like this happen, but got the win after Estela Nunez unfortunately broke her arm in that scramble. Um, I think this matchup is interesting, right? Hear me out here. Um, I think Victoria Dudakova is obviously super strong for the division. I think we've seen multiple times in previous fights where she landed a shot that didn't really look too significant and just completely had her opponent uh, rocked and, and most cases dropped and on the floor kind of trying to figure out what happened. Um, but I think she takes a lot of unnecessary risks and does a lot of things that are kind of 
let's be honest, a little bit of weird to see in the women's divisions. And this isn't me throwing shade. I actually am very impressed by this. But specifically, whenever she gets her opponents up against the fence, um, she does this uh, throw, right? I don't even know how to exactly, what's the technical term for it. But she sort of sucks her opponent's hips in as far as she can into the cage and then throws them over her shoulder, like kind of throws herself into it. And a lot of the times when I would train in jujitsu, what they tell you is those are considered sacrifice throws, right? If you're not getting that, uh, if you're not landing in top position, you're immediately underneath your opponent, right? Based on how you're sort of putting yourself out there in order to get the full rotation of the throw. And I think keep an eye out in exchanges for that move specifically and whether or not Jin Yu Fry can either work to take the back or work to maintain top control from those positions. Um, I think this is a dangerous fight. Obviously, it sucked to see Jin Yu Fry her last time out uh, get absolutely sparked by um, Brazilian uh, smoke show. What What is her name? Um, Pauliana Viana, I believe. Um, so... Yeah, double check that for me because I'm not sure. Uh, but it, it was Viana, but she also lost to uh, Elise Reed right before that. I mean, right after that. Huh. Okay. Viana was her second loss of. Yeah, I remember off. that fight now too. Thank you, thank you. You're, you're putting it all in perspective for me here, Sean. Um, I'm not. I don't have the stones to pick Genu Fry here, but I want to. Right? Like, I feel like this is. Uh, this is an it. insane line. Like the the line here is wrong, brother. That I will say that. Uh, but I'm going to go with Victoria Dudakova. I just think she's way Come too on. dynamic, way too dynamic of the athlete at this stage of her career. How you feeling, Sean? I think I know where you're leaning. Nah, you know what? I think you should take. I think you should take Fry here. I think. Um, that would yeah, really let's help both me do out. it. Let's jump off the. Yeah, let's jump off. No, the no, no, no. Here. I think let's we need to it. start separating. You know, we can't have uh, the same picks, and I think okay. this would be a good one for you. Okay. And uh, I think that it would be good. But I'm taking Victoria here because. Almost exactly to what you said. I think this is going to be one of those where as soon as Victoria gets your back, it's over. And I think that's going to happen within like the first three to four minutes. And I, I see some rear naked choke slipping in there within about the third or fourth minute. Or or a potential armbar because she's got that in the arsenal. I, I, I hate seeing fights end in injury. And I know that's what happened last time with the dislocated elbow. But I still believe, you know, in her contender series fight, I, I loved what she did against uh, Maria Silva. And I think that this just continues. And this is one of those, just like the first fight, it's kind of what this card is main, you know, mainly based off of here, is there's a bunch of hype fights where there's fights made to make certain fighters look better. And I'm not saying that, Fry is is anything to sneeze at here. I know I keep saying that that phrase, but the fact that Fry has lost her th last three, and Victoria's Russian, and she's coming in undefeated, you know, the fans are gonna rally around her. So I believe that this is one of those fights where you see a one of the first finishes, if not the first finish of the night, and I think it's gonna come via armbar or rear naked choke. Oof, I like I like your angle here on this one too. I gotta ask you, what does being Russian have to do with anything? We're we're not we're because, not Dobby here, brother. No, I see, I get that. <laughs> the but Russian hammers, is, baby. It, but yes, it's, it's but but you make the card for someone like Islam. You know, it, it, this is like it's not home, but it's as close to home as you're gonna get at the current moment in time. 
So, you know, that. obviously with the stuff going on around the world, you know, there's this is as close to home as you're going to get. They literally are making these pay-per-views for Islam. This mm-hmm. this whole time, Islam hasn't fought. They knew he's going to headline this one. So there's going to be a bunch, a, a bunch of fighters from around this area. And I'm not trying to sound racial in any way here or anything like that. But it's a bunch of fighters from this area are going to be on this card. A bunch of Russians and, and stuff like that or anything of that nature. I don't want to say all a bunch of different countries. I'm just trying to keep it PG here. I hear but you. That, and that's why I think this fight is made. It's to continue to hype up Victoria and other Russians here. And I that's why I think this is going to be one of those uh, uh, highlight reel finishes for Victoria. I like that. Jin Yu Fry, nine losses in her career. Only one by be submission. 10. Only she's one by submission. Cut. I gotta ask she's you. Gonna... Do you know who that person is that submitted her? Oh. Can you can you give me a guess? No. Here's a hint. It was not in the UFC, but this person also fought in the UFC. So just give me a guess. I just need one. Hmm. How the hell would I know? I have no idea. Who is it? Who is it? Okay. It's gonna you piss ready? Me ready? Yeah. Only fan star Kay Hansen. Uh, was the only really? woman to ever submit her, and it was with Get an armbar. Out of here. So shout, shout out to that mention of the armbar that you did earlier that. there. Uh, to keep your eye out here, but I think this will be a decision. So interesting little mm-hmm. wrinkles there as far as how we're picking. Next up, Nathaniel Wood, wow. the favorite. Sorry, did I cut you off? Is there something else you wanted to say? No, I was I was just surprised it was Kate Hansen. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Next up, Nathaniel Wood, minus 300 fam- favorite, coming up against Mohamed Naimov, another one of those hammers from the Middle Eastern block area somewhere nearby uh, that makes this a home game. Um, shout out to Nathaniel Wood, man. I love his game. I didn't expect him to make the move to featherweight, but the dude has been looking great. Obviously put on a lot of weight to make it happen. Mohamed Naimov. Me, Naimov coming off of a big debut KO win over um huh it's right there don't do it to me Jamie Malarkey um where he was actually down the majority of that fight felt a little hopeless even and he had his own Leon Rocky Edwards moment in the third there landed a beautiful straight right hand mm. that just put him out Sean how you feeling about this featherweight tilt Oh see this is this is something to me because it it makes me feel a certain way because the fact that Muhammad is going down in I thought Muhammad was a lightweight, was he not? He so, fought at lightweight, but he his natural uh, weight class is one forty five. Remember, he took that fight on short notice against yes, Jamie yes, that's true. That is true. Uh, I like Nathaniel Wood more. He literally has the perfect name, the prospect, as his nickname. I think that's exactly what he is. Um, I have Nathaniel Wood in this one. It's it's and this is one of the very few where I I'm actually gonna take the the road the road fighter on this one. Um I loved his fight against uh Andre Feely. And I forgot his freaking name, the guy he fought just before that. They were two of the same. Oh my god. Charles Jordan, thank you. Um, I love this fight against that, uh, against him. And I think that because it's been, it's been a pretty hot minute, so except for the Feely fight, 
I think uh, I want to see. I said this last time that I wanted to see more, and I'm so glad that he's taken this fight. Uh, I think it's only been like two or three months. It's been pretty quick, and I'm glad that he's right back in this. And um, I think he gets it done. To be honest with you, I this is tough because I hate. I don't like to pick against the home fighter, if that makes any sense. But I mm -hmm. I think that Daniel Woods is a better fighter here, and uh, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with him. I'm gonna stick with him. I love it. I, I love might, it. I might, I might come. That might come back to bite me. But I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick with it. Yeah. Who knows if it will or not? Um, this is gonna be a very good fight. I think this is also another one of those fights where I understand why it's lined the way it is. Um, I don't think, I don't think it, Nathaniel Wood is minus three hundred. Mohammed Naimov plus two seventy. I think that's right about where it should be. Um, I think no matter what, though, whenever we watch a Nathaniel Wood fight, there's going to be blood, right? There's going to be a gut check moment. Uh, that's just the kind of guy he is. And uh, interested to see if by come round three, uh, things are a little harder than I might have thought as far as uh, being able to keep Mohammed Na Naimov on the outside and potentially even getting some top control here. I think that's his main path to victory, if you ask me, believe it or not. Obviously, you would think the the Eastern Bloc fighter uh, would have a grappling advantage or a distinct one at that, but I actually I think that Daniel Wood's chops on the ground are legit, and I think that's where he should be able to get the win here. So I'm also picking Nathaniel Wood, um, but there's always room for some creepy shit whenever we are seeing a fighter who clearly has some power in his hands uh, coming up against uh, a big... Uh, favorite so who knows what happens here uh but i think it's safe to say we're both on the side of the wood baby next up mike motherfucking breeding plus 310 coming up against anshul jubilee i will take the reins on this one i'm gonna be very honest with you man this fight is very reminiscent of another one that we covered recently now the reasons why very very different but this fight very much so reminds me of that Ashley Yoder versus Emily Ducati fight, right? And you're like, what the fuck, Chris? What are you, what are you trying to say? What, what, how is this related? Um, Mike Breeden is not a UFC fighter, right? We can be, we can be honest with that uh, on this show. I don't think he, at this point, has proven to be worthy of that title and... I think Anshul Jubilee obviously had a really standout performance on the Contender Series, which has got everyone super hype on him. Um, this is prospect watch big time for me. I honestly thought when I first was looking at some tape on this that Jubilee would actually be a bigger favorite. Um, I won't be surprised if he ends up being a bigger favorite come uh, the night of the fight, man. The dude... The dude is fun to watch, right? We, we could say that. The dude is fun to watch and super fast and athletic. Um, I think it's very clear who I'm going with here. Give me Jubilee probably by knockout. How you feeling, Sean? Well, this is one of those where I, I think the hype was real from the beginning. I remember, I, I, I don't want to sound stupid here, but I feel like he's the only Indian fighter, right? I think he's the only yep. one on the roster at the moment. On the I roster remember currently. That. There was one yeah. previously. Yeah, 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 but... yeah, yeah. Yeah. I remember because I remember that being the big hype uh, talking point when, when he had his uh, uh, his fight in uh, against, oh, my God. There's no way I'm going to remember his name. But his last fight, when he got the ground and pound finish, um, 
that I remember being the talking point. I remember I remember going back and watching his fights and then his fight in the road to UFC. And even like it, that wasn't his best performance. I remember him saying that he wasn't happy with his road to the UFC fight, won by split decision. But I'm I'm a big believer in this guy. I'm a big believer in the hype behind him. I think he's got a real serious shot here. And I love fighters coming, you know, representing a country that not many can. So this is exciting. Not many not many prospects come from India. So I'm a big, big believer in him. I'm taking him in this fight. And I think this is going to be, just like you said, I'm not really a big fan of Breeden here. I think he, the Terrence McKinney fight kind of solidified it for me even more. But um, I think this is one of those where Jubilee is going to smash. Hey, yo, smash. yes. <laughs> Thank you so much for correcting me, too, because, yes, it was actually considered a UFC fight, right? Because it was coming off that road to the UFC series um, again, on that Spivak card back in the day in February. So not not his first rodeo, but obviously the first fight of this caliber. So uh, still something to prove here. Right. So not 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 the, not just a gimme, uh, but as close as close as you can get. Uh, I think that's all we got next up. Abu Azaitar, minus 175, coming up against Cedric Dumas at plus 170. It always feels like an insult whenever I say that man's name. But, Sean, would I insult you if I asked you to take the lead here, brother? No, you would not. I mean, this is tough. You know, this is um, this is a tough one. This is one of the very few I was not looking forward to discussing. <laughs> because when it comes to uh, when it comes to Abu, I haven't seen him in quite some time. Um, I don't know when was his last fight. I believe it was in like two something years ago. Was it not? If I remember correctly, it's been a it's been quite quite a while. I think it was more recent than that, but we'll, we'll, I will effort that for you, brother. Yeah, let me know. But uh, you know, this is this is this is gonna be closer than people think. Uh, I do like uh, Cedric. Is that is that is that how we're pronouncing it? How is it? Or mm-hmm. it's Cedric. All right, sounds good. Um, Cedric. You, you can do the Cedric. But hey, you know what? It, it sounds French. So is it just Cedric Dumas? Who the hell? What is it? Ooh, yeah, you're right. You you might be having that. I will I will defer to John Anik after the pay per view. I think we'll have a better sense. <laughs> I you know what this is this is uh this is interesting. It was me. a year and so, a half, by the way, that he last fought against Mark Andre Berrio. Okay. The power okay. bar. You know what? I'm I'm gonna go with Cedric here. I, I like it. Um I think uh Ring Russ is real and not fighting that long. I don't even remember the fight he fought before that one. So it, it it's gotta be a good hot minute since I've seen him in competitive relative action. Besides that mm-hmm. one, and I don't even remember that fight. Um, I don't. Did he win? Because that definitely doesn't sound like he won that. He fight. he he was winning, uh, but he ended up getting knocked out within like the, literally the last five seconds of the fight. Oh, that's painful. Um, and I'm surprised that I don't remember it. But uh, so I'm gonna. You know what? Yeah, I'm I'm sticking with it. Give me Cedric. Uh, I like it. I don't think he's the better fighter here, but I do believe that. Fighting consistently will matter in this fight, and I'm taking him. 
Hey, man, I love the analysis here. I love that you gave me a little window of opportunity here, right? Because initially, I was, I was feeling the same way as you, right? Initially, I'm like, hey, Cedric is here a grappler. We We've seen him do well. Um, in those phases, uh, obviously got submitted by Josh Fremd, but Josh Fremd is a much better fighter, right? And, and, and I would argue a better fighter than Abu Zaitar. Uh, so you can't really take too much from that. But as far as the matchup goes, I think clearly this is not going to be the best fighter that Abu Zaitar has fought in the UFC. And he's done a pretty f- formidable job within his own right while in the opportunities he has been given. I'll be real. I don't like his gas tank. Like, I'll say that 100% honest. I do not like his gas tank, and that's something to worry about, especially against a known grappler like Cedric. But I do feel that, obviously, given the circumstances, right, given the bag that was left in the room, that they had to go skate around, right? We're returning to the scene of the crime here, right? Nobody's talking about that. This is this is a very underrated aspect of this fight card, but... um. I think Abu is not going to be risking any uh, safety protocols or social distancing protocols this time around. I think he's going to be able to figure out early and often how to land big on Cedric because he's very open in his stance as well as his approach to the grappling. Um, He really needs to get through the fire to get his hands on you. And I think that's going to be a problem against a much bigger athlete in Abu Abu Azaitar. So give me Abu, I would say, by second-round knockout. But um, that's me going on on a little bit of a whim there. So I love it. We got some parity here. Finally, it took us four. It took us five fights, goddammit. Well, well, you were the one copying me. So it, it's all good, though. Mm-hmm. I see what you're trying to do there. But th- don't blame me. It, that, that's clearly on you. You're afraid to lose, so you're just sticking with me. I, I get it. Hey, I like it. I love the I love the brash nature, right? When you all things considered, you're still down three points in Dynasty. We're tied up and head to head, right? I gave but, you a week. Hey, I gave you hey. a week. We'll see. We'll see. Time will tell. But next up, that's right. We've got Javid Basharat minus four fifty coming up against Victor Henry plus four hundred. I am going to go on a long-winded rant here. So hold on, brother. Just hold on. I promise it's going to be worth it. Um, I love me some Javid Basharat since the moment I saw him on the Dana White's Tuesday Night Contender Series, and I'm correct about that this time. Uh, The dude's dude's an animal, right? He's really great uh, when it comes to the striking phases. I think he has a game. Obviously, people kill me for this, but I promise you, if you watch the guy strike and you watch him in his stance and that fucking thin beard, he gives me McGregor vibes, man. He has a very good step back counter game as well. Um, I like the way he sets things up as well with his push kicks and front kicks. Once again, very reminiscent of the old school McGregor game. But when you consider on top of that, working at my one of my favorite gyms, <clears throat> I was about to call it Factory X. Um, Extreme Couture with Eric Nixick and those guys. The dude has a very formidable ground game as well. I think I think this is going to be a fight, though, where he really has to earn it, man. Victor Henry is a fucking dog. I will never forget his standout performance in his, I believe it was his UFC debut against Hione Barcelos. Uh, came up big time as a big underdog there and just looked like a technical uh 
virtuoso, right? Just sticking and moving, keeping uh, Hione on the outside and not letting him gain any momentum as the fight goes on. This is going to be a hard fight. Javid's really going to have to earn it here. I think this these odds are a little bit wide. And if you ask me, this is one of my favorite underdog plays on the card as far as potentially dropping a pick. Um, but you know what? I am going to be sticking with my Bash brothers, okay? I've got Ferret on my Dynasty team. I think both of these guys, the fact that they've worked on their ground games extensively and built up that side of their game to match their striking, super exciting, man, as far as prospects go. Some of the, some of the most exciting guys to look forward to. And obviously, youth is good and bad, right? I could see this being a prospect loss moment, no doubt. I won't be surprised by it. Uh, but give me Javid Basharat with uh, what I would imagine a crowd excited to cheer him on. Sean, how you feeling? Oh. Ah, I hate you because you took everything I was about to say, man. I think that I was going to say that I think this is going to be one of the closest fights on the entire card and one of the uh, memorable ones that people go back and go back and forth with because this is this the odds are ridiculous minus 450 that that is not right i would believe it was minus 150 that would make more sense to me i feel like this is a very very close fight uh basharat is incredible but i feel like we're just kind of throwing victor henry to the wolves here pretending like he's not as you know right there with him you know i, I understand that he lost to uh uh Sun Sal, right? I think it was. Mm -hmm. um, I Which remember. Who doesn't? You know, I, yeah, exactly. And, and, and that kind of bothers me because I, I get it. You know, he had his his next fight uh, against um, Tony Gravely. Thank you. Another guy. Uh, I'm that really was, fond that of was a close well. fight. That was a close fight, and it was like close in a different way. You know, he had more significant strikes. I remember, but he had, uh, you know, the takedowns. I think he, the other guy had the I think more submission attempts it was it was a very close fight so I think it's so quickly to just kind of wash him away with the loss and the split win and the fact of, the, of this hype behind Basharat I, I I think this is gonna be a very very close fight and I think um I think Victor's gonna take it like he's getting counted out and I think this is gonna be huge you know they were supposed to fight a month ago now they're fighting here and I think this is going to be an incredibly, incredibly close fight. And unfortunately, I wish you didn't take Javik because I'm, I'm, I'm taking Basharat as well. I really wish you took Victor Henry, but I still think it's going to be really close. And I would not be surprised at all if Victor Henry takes this one in, in exciting fashion. I got to ask you, right? Because we're so high on on Javik Basharat. Um... Have have you seen up to this point in his UFC career a moment where you felt like this guy has had to overcome adversity, right? This guy has had to come out the other side of hell. Have have you felt that from him yet at any of his fights in the UFC? Uh not necessarily yet. Um if anything, I would probably say his first fight when he got the guillotine win. Mm -hmm. But that was only for him. The only time I thought he could possibly face adversity was him trying to get the choke, but nothing like to the point where I thought, man, you know, I, he could lose this. Like I never had that thought. I've never seen him take an L in a round and come back and have to, you know, fight from hell and fight from the dirt to get himself back to a victory. I felt like even I haven't even been 
he's very exciting, but I've wanted to see more than his last three wins be unanimous. But in his unanimous wins, they've all been very clear that he won those fights. So I'm mm-hmm. I'm hoping to see more of a finishing rate from him. Um, but I to answer your question, no, I have not seen the adversity here. And I think, but I, that's where I think Victor Henry comes in here because I think Victor Henry is going to clock him a couple times and kind of make him go, oh man, this is a different level. All right, I got to buckle down here. And so, you know, maybe Victor Henry gets the same reaction. You know, he's lost before, so maybe he's already prepared for this moment. So that's why I think this fight's going to be so, so, so close. I think 400, 450 odds, whatever it is, I think that's that's bullshit. So. It's going to be a very good fight. Poof, I love it. And I could also see a scenario where in control positions, Javid is just a level of strength that we didn't really see on the tape previously. I think that's something that we need to look out for too, especially when yeah. if we end up in the grappling phases. But damn, I'm hyped for this fight. Uh, we can move on though to what I think is the meme fight of the night, Muhammad Yaya. Plus 115, an actual fighter from the UAE coming up against Trevor Peak, who is a favorite at minus 125. Sean, lead the dance, brother. How you feeling? Um, just to tell you from the start, I'm going with Yaya here. I really? Yep. I'm I'm changing it okay. up. I'm changing it up. You know what? I, I I'm I'm not because here's the thing. This is what I do to myself. I don't like I look at the cards and then I look at the last thing I do before I make my pick is I look at who the favorite is. And I I start psyching myself out because I don't want to sound like this guy who's just, man, I'm going with the favorite because everyone can pick the favorite and probably win 70% of their fights. But I don't like to do that. I want to mix it up. And you know what the thing is, too, is that with, um, with Trevor's last fight, I did not like his fight at all. I was not a fan of his last fight. And it kind of made me flip on how I felt about him. I don't know why. I don't even think I like we were picking picks by then, but it, it kind of like angered me that loss. Mm. And I don't know why I take I, I take it personal. Like I'm Michael Jordan right now, and you know it's it's personal to me. But I don't know. It bothered me. And so I've like I've liked a lot from uh, from Muhammad. I had to look up his YouTube stuff because this is I think his first fight in the UFC. If I yep remember correctly so uh, i had to look up his fight and i've i've liked what i've seen but obviously fighting in the the uae warriors is a completely different completely different stand than fighting in the ufc granted it's kind of close to home here so maybe that helps him out here but i i just have this feeling that he's going to surprised the audience on Saturday night or Saturday afternoon for us. Um, I think this is going to be a great fight as well. And I like that he's an underdog. This is one of those I might bet on. This might be a little sleeper for me. So I'm going to take him. I like it. And uh, I might regret it. But give give me Yaya on this one. God damn it, Sean, you said the magic words a thousand percent now. I'm selling the farm and I'm putting it on Trevor Peak. I just got to say, man, Trevor Peak is obviously one of the most open fighters, to say the least, in UFC history, right? The dude leaves himself out there on a platter so he can try to grab the fight by the scruff of the neck. 
if you enjoy watching fights, how can you not love Trevor Peak? I just got to say, how can you not love Trevor Peak? Uh, the dude is all action, all nails, all the time, which you love to see. As far as you making this upset pick, I'm really fucking surprised, right? Like, I feel so opposite of you. I've watched a lot of Yaya tape at this point, and he reminds me of his, his someone who shares his namesake, right? Shout out, shout out to the OG Ronnie, baby, Ronnie Yaya. He stands so far ahead of his feet, and I know that doesn't, for a lot of people, that doesn't really make sense, but... His feet aren't under him in in his stance whatsoever. So whenever anyone comes forward on him, he collapses in his stance and just gets cracked to the head over and over again. Now, trust me, this is somebody who has shown that he has a fucking durable chin. I gotta I gotta make sure I emphasize that because he has taken hell in a couple of different fights and then was somehow like you it's so funny because you watch the sequence and then you get to the end of the round like as if you would have just skipped to the end of the round you're like well, how the fuck did he get on his back from there like the dude was just getting killed uh but he somehow ends up uh in dominant positions which i think is a good uh call to to action for him in this fight i think he's that's his path to victory right and it's something that we've seen him do before um, I just think if he's going to go out there and fight the way he has previously, and it's not easy to make significant changes, if he's going to go out there and fight the same way he has against someone that has power like Trevor Peak and is going to be there to be hit against someone that comes forward as willingly as Trevor Peak does, um, I think this fight could be over early, to be honest. Like, I, I, I really did not like what I saw from Muhammad Yaya, especially against this type of matchup. Give me Trevor Peak by knockout, baby. All right, whatever. Maybe, uh, maybe I'm right. Maybe you're right. But I'm sticking with it. I'm not changing nothing. Hey, I don't, I'm not asking you to, right? I just knew as soon yeah, as you I, said I bet. As soon as you yeah. said bet, triple down on the pick, baby. I already know. <laughs> we'll see. Next up, Tim Elliott, someone who I fucking have so much love and affection for who is going through some shit, but the grizzled vet, Tim Elliott, sitting at plus 380, coming up against Mohamed Mokayev, the favorite at minus 450. This spot at this point has to be reserved uh, for the flyweights out, fighting out of London, but originally <clears throat> from, once again, that side of the world, according to Sean. Uh, I'll, st I'll wow. take the lead on this one. I'll take the lead on this one. Um, this is a funky fight. This is another one of those fights where I'm not sure how the odds ended where they are. Um, I won't be surprised if they end up closing a little tighter. I think Mohamed Makayev is such a um, such an enigma for me to cover because there was a time where I felt like, man, this guy is super process-oriented and he is really relentless as far as the positions he wants to achieve. Throughout his UFC career, though, I think a little bit more than I expected, he has been willing to sort of let things go in pursuit of submissions, in pursuit of um, the finish in dominant spots. And it's also led to him being in trouble, right? Led to him being in that deep leg lock attempt um, oh. early on in his fight, which I still don't understand how the hell he got out of. I mean, much respect to him for gutting it out, but that could have been a career altering injury just for the sake of not losing, uh, you love to see someone have that mental, right? And I think ultimately I will be picking Muhammad Makayev because of that. 
But yeah. I think I think Tim Elliott would definitely give him a run for his money. He gives everyone an, a fun fight, man. He has a very unique style that is hard to get a beat on. And his grappling is really what I think is going to make the difference in this fight. If he's able to keep this fight on the feet and be funky, as he always is, land some nice body kicks and put himself in a good spot, I could see him making making this a close fight, making it a split decision kind of event. Um I just feel like Mohamed Mukayev is just such a dynamic athlete in both phases. And I think we haven't really gotten to seeing the best of his striking attack just yet. And I think that's what this fight, he's been waiting for the right matchup. And I think in this fight, he should be able to do that, especially considering I would imagine he isn't too worried about being taken down. Uh, so look out for his kicks specifically to the body in that open side stance. Um, but be careful. I will say be careful because we can live in a world where he's on fire, landing big shots, and then throws a certain kick and gets himself taken down. And now you've got a funky grappler on top of you who's really good at maintaining top control. So this is a dicey, dicey fight. I'll say it again, but I'm going with Muhammad Mukayev. Sean, what's going on in I that believe, head of yours? Uh, well, I like Tim Elliott. He is a veteran at the at the very least, man. I've, I've we've seen Tim Elliott for a long, long time. And I think this fight is going to be a lot closer than, than people realize. I think a little closer than the odds. I still think Muhammad gets it done. Um, but this could be one where it goes, it's just a unanimous decision or a late stoppage. But, you know, I like going back to his last fight with that leg lock, man. The fact that yeah, he didn't tap in the leg lock and then still got the finish in that same round is just incredible. You know, it just shows how, how much he's willing to do to not lose. And, mm -hmm. you know, I know he's 9 and 0 technically in the pros, but he's also, I think, like 20-something to know as an amateur. He has yet to lose in his MMA anything. So I think that that continues. Um, I think this fight's going to be close, but I, I kind of want to see how he returns from, you know, something like the leg lock. You know, he had a lot of trouble just getting out of the octagon that night, and he said that he was the most pain he's ever been in, and he talked about it in front of uh, a lot of interviews that this was going to be a tough one to come back from. I don't remember if he had any significant injury, uh, like announced from that mm -hmm. from from that leg lock. But you know, watching no it ligament on TV, damage, which is key. Yeah, which is great, thank God. But it was it was as nasty as it can get. Um, so I kind of want to see how he responds to that and how he responds to literally being seconds away from from losing it all in the unbeaten streak. So. Tim Elliott has been there. He's done it. He's gone through the best of them, and I think this is go this is a huge fight uh, for for Muhammad. And I think Muhammad gets it done, but I think this this will be closer than people realize. Whew, I love it. I think that's a great shout for this fight, and I can't wait to throw to you right off the top for the next one because I'm really excited for this one. Saeed, don't say said, baby girl. Nurmagomedov, minus 200, coming up against Muin Gafarov. Sean, how you feeling about this bantamweight tilt? Ooh, okay. So I I, I do believe Nurmagomedov will win this fight. Um, I was not happy with his last fight against Jonathan Martinez. That one, it's just, he just looked so off, so out of place. 
It's just every time he was trying to get going, he could just never get comfortable. And the whole time he was fighting Martinez's fight, I was very, very disappointed in that fight. You know, I, I expected him to get a nice win. Um, I can't remember what card that was on. I think I know it was a fight night, but I can't remember which one it was. But um, I was just very disappointed with that. But I don't think that the Nurmagomedov name and nor, you know, who he is as a fighter, um, I just don't think that this will continue. There will be a, a, a losing streak, so to speak. But I think this is a humongous rebound fight, and I think he's going to actually take uh, – how do you – I mean, I'm, I'm going to defer to you on the pronouncing of this name. How do you pronounce this fighter's name? Say it. That he's I want to hear you say it. I'm not gonna try. Why don't you just give it a? Game? You know what? Is it is it just Gafarov? Is it better? Yeah, just to say that it? was great. Oh, easy. Let's go. What are you worried about? I, yeah, because I mess up everything. So you know, here, here we are. Um, I think honestly, I think he, I think he takes Gafarov here for a ride. If that makes any sense, hey yo. But I think this is one of those where he gets a nice first round submission. I you love it. A... a rare self AO from my guy Sean. You love it. He's catching it before <laughs> I even get the chance nowadays. Yeah, you know what? I know I say some AO statements here and I try to, you know, see if they sneak by you, but not many do. So I, I, I like to catch myself before before you can. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's a good bet because I will let you uh go right by me with that. Um I love that you made this pick because I couldn't disagree with you more, man. Just gotta re- just gotta remind the people of the, of the universe, right? The human beings that are gonna watch this out there. Said Nurmagomedov has the Nurmagomedov name, right? He is a cousin, uh, but he does not train with that team at all. He trains out of uh, New what what is it? Sorry, New Jersey, right? Out of the Frankie Edgar camp, which is a great camp. Don't get me wrong, uh, but his style is very different, right? He's a he's a strike first, rangy fighter. Uh, who obviously has great grappling chops, but that's not his main sort of uh, bread and butter here. This is a perfect matchup, in my opinion, for Muin Gafarov. I'm a big fan of his style. He's a little bit open with the striking, right? And being the smaller fighter, that's a little scary. Uh, but he reminds me almost of, like, and, and, and this is going to be a hot take for sure. Please pump the brakes. I'm not saying he is that level of great, but he reminds me of a young Khabib in his striking, striking, in his striking, with the ways in which he throws punches, being a little bit unorthodox, right? His style, a little unorthodox, but everything he does, you can tell people. Whenever he lands, he lands with power. He has an awkward style, right? So it's hard to hit him, even though he seems like he's wide open to be hit. And he's just a scrappy, intense individual, man. And once he gets in top position. The dude is like a dog with the bone, right? He's just all over you. I've I've seen many different times where he he takes someone down by dropping them, right? With a little punch. You love a little right right hand takedown, right? Sometimes you got to get one of those. Shout out to Michael Bisping. Um, but he'll take he'll he'll knock him down and then immediately just weave his way through their knees in a way that's very strange, right? Usually you would want to try to pass right over. Um, the dude's like a worm in there and just finds his way into people's guards, looks to maintain half guard and fucking bang you out from there. 
And I think that's a nightmare matchup when you consider the way that Saeed Nurmagomedov fights. I don't think it's going to be easy to get Saeed down. I just think with the exchanges and the wild nature of this fight, trust me, there's going to be some wild exchanges. Um, but I won't be surprised to watch Gafarov grab at those kicks as they come in, take down Saeed, and uh, land a lot of shots on the way in, right? Like, I, I think although he's the smaller fighter, um, he has a willingness to throw that really lands him a lot of nice shots against competition where you would think that they have a striking advantage. So once again, I'm going all out of limb here. I'm putting the, the nuts on the table, man, but I'm really confident in Muin Gafarov. And I was surprised that he was such an underdog here. Give me the Tajikistan native baby. So I assume that you'll be betting on Gafarov here. That's a great question. Um, I might. Better. I might. I might. No, no, yeah. Not sure it. yet. I might. You're a believer. And look at these odds right now. That's that's a big win for you. I think you got to do it. Yeah, we'll see. Maybe a few shekels. I think they'll get tighter as I don't the fight see gets again. closer. Mm -hmm. I think you got to do it. Hey, I love it. Look at you trying to trying to persuade me over here. I, lo I love it. <laughs> All I so, do is lose, so maybe I can convince you and you'll get a win here, so. Oh, hey, I, it's a, I think I know. It's, it sounds like some reverse psychology going on. I'm getting a little nervous, <laughs> but we'll move on. Next up. Holy shit, man. Holy shit. Ikram Alaskarov, minus 450. Originally was supposed to face Nasordina Imavov, but gets Warley Alves as the late minute replacement who comes back at plus 430. Sean, we're going to Warley, baby. How you feeling? Oh. All right, so let me let me ask you: Do you do you believe that Warley's got a shot here? Just before I say what I have to say, do you do you believe in Warley? Do you think he's got a legitimate shot? I believe in Warley as a human being. I think he, I think he's, a, I think he's a great athlete, uh, underrated athlete, if you <laughs> ask me. And I think he has a really good guillotine. Uh, but no, I don't. I don't give him much of a shot here. Yeah, I just because I feel like this fight was made to continue this hype, and they will fight. Ikram versus uh, Imavov will happen. Oof, that's I think it's going to happen. Man. Oh, my God. I, I, I was so disappointed when this fight didn't happen, and it got canceled. But I'm still happy that, you know, uh, that at least Ikram gets to still fight, because I think this is... Uh, I think this is as much of a favorite that you can possibly get here. I, I think 450 is a little a little under for me. I, I, I do like Warley here, but I, I think Ikram is no joke. That mm -hmm. dude is disgusting. And I think it's just... In the best ways? In the best, best ways to be disgusting, I think he is. Oh, man, he is a, a completely different beast. And I think he... Uh, makes easy work i'm trying to be nice about it man i really am uh <laughs> easier work with warley because i think it's just a setup for a couple months from now when they finally get to do ikram versus imavov hopefully soon man because that fight's gonna be incredible Oof, i love it man i love that you're on the same side of me as far as just knowing what a fucking dog and what an animal um ikram alaskarov is but I got to ask you, man, and I pr you probably weren't prepared for this one, but I don't mind. I I'll just throw it on you, right? No shame in my game. 
Ikram Alaskarov is sitting at 14 and 1. Do you know who that one belongs to? Yes, I do, of course. It's who is the that? Co main event. Hamzat Chimaev. Yes. Shemaev. Um, have you watched that fight in Brave? Uh I not fully, but I did see how it ended. Okay. I will encourage I you to, to check uh, that out. I will check it out. Before the knockout, said. before the knockout, uh much closer of a fight than people think because of uh all those factors. But also I thought he made Hamza look a little bit amateurish on the feet, right? Was drawing him out, landing shots, forcing him forward, landing counter knees. Like the the dude has a sophisticated striking game and then just got fucking hit with two different shots at different points of the fight that just changed the trajectory of it. Right. Um, I think Ikram is a problem, man. Uh, I don't know why every time I think, every time I see that name, I think of Bikram yoga, right. It's getting hot in here. So hot. Um, <laughs> but no matter what, I think it's very clear to say, uh, this is going to be a tough fight for Worley, man. I think in order for him to try to make it as close as possible, I would recommend that Ikram try really just to keep things on the outside, right? And I know that sounds silly, but you're fighting a welterweight coming up to middleweight. Take your time, keep them on the outside, and work your game, right? Let let the fight come to you in your sophomore performance. If he's able to do that against Worley Alves, I think he should very easily take away the win, like you mentioned. I think the world is his oyster here. I think if he decides to to grapple with Worley, I think he's obviously going to be in a little bit more danger. Uh, but I don't think he's out of his depth, and I think his top control specifically and his power from top um, could really make the difference against Worley Alves. I just see him flatten him out, passing over, and then just landing big shots from on top. Or even, like I mentioned, just picking him apart slowly but surely on the feet, man. The guy is like uh, waterboarding on the feet, right? Doesn't look like a lot of the stuff he's doing is taking a lot of energy to throw. It doesn't look like what he's doing is very labor intensive for him. He just looks smooth as hell out there, but damages you along the way. I'm a big fan of Ikram, man. And I honestly, looking back on the Jimaya fight, it's so weird to watch because uh, you realize the level that both of these guys are at. Um, and then to see Ikram lose, it's kind of like, oh man, it changes the way you, uh, for most people, when they see someone lose, it changes the way they think of them. Um, but Watching that fight back, like that, that's better than most UFC fights that we get, if we're being real, as far as quality and caliber. Um, and obviously, that's always going to be the point of contention whenever we talk about him, right? He has a fight with Hamzad, right? That's always going to be what everyone's pointing to. Um, so I think it's pretty fitting that they found a way to get him on the same card, too. I just love the hype and the direction it's going in. Um, but yeah, if Worley pulls this off, I'll be super impressed. But uh, give me Ikram. Um, I'm going to say by second round finish, I'll let you decide submission or knockout, okay? Uh, but yeah, now... I, th I think it's going to be... Well, I wanted to ask you quickly. And I don't know if you said this before, but if Ikram was fighting Hamzat or Kamaru instead, same card, do you think he would have a legitimate shot now? Obviously, time Ooh. has passed since he's fought Hamzat. So do you think Hamzat's a better fighter at the moment? Obviously fighting in the middle way for the first time. And Kamaro, same thing. Do you think that he would the he Ikram would at this moment have a legitimate shot? Or you think he's still prospect material? Like he's a couple fights away from being right there. 
That's a great question. I'm sure that's a fight that he wants back. I would have hate to seen it once again on this sh- <laughs> uh, short notice timeline. Um, but honestly, of all the names fighting at middleweight um, this night, uh, he would be the one person I would pick, if anyone, uh, to have a shot against Hamzat. Um, I, I think his game really is evolved since they fought and also his athletic ceiling, right? Like the dude has clearly took that loss personal, man. And he got in the fucking gym and got much bigger and also uh, worked a lot on his technique and fluidity. It's hard to see someone in that kind of shape that has that fluid striking as well. Um, the dude is fun to watch, man. So once again, I, I think he has a shot. I wouldn't pick him to win against Hamzat. Uh, but it's a close enough fight that I would love to see it again for sure. Um, but who knows what we're getting with Hamza too, right? Like that's what makes it so exciting. Exactly. Who the fuck that's knows at this stage what we're getting from Hamza and where his head is at. So uh, a lot to be considered there, but uh, he definitely has a shot if that's what you're asking me. Yeah, no, and that's why I asked because Hamza now fighting here in middleweight for the first time. And I do believe that if things run – it's course, you know, Ikram wins one or two more uh, with what I'm picking with Hamza in this fight, maybe his next one. I think they'll see each other again. And I think I think they'll promote the shit out of it, especially of how the first fight went. I think this this fight will happen uh, down the line, maybe not next year, but maybe the year after. But I think this fight will definitely happen. And uh, I'm excited. So it, this is kind of like a prequel thing. This is the way I look at this is kind of UFC 205. But you see Nurmagomedov on the freaking prelims and, you know, uh, him talking about beating that spring chicken in Conor McGregor. And you knew that fight was going to happen eventually. And I think this is one of those moments where, you know, we're going to get a nice little prequel here. But Ikram's going to be noticed by the casuals and the, the big fans out there eventually soon. And I think this uh, being a fourth fight on a 13 fight card is going to wake some people up. Ooh, I love it. I love it, man. I couldn't agree with you more. This is going to be an awesome fight. Next up, our um, co-featured fight. <laughs> I don't know what else to call it. Magomed. Co-co-main. On Kalaev. That's a good one. Uh, minus 333 favorite. I love that number, by the way. Just kind of funny to see. Going up against the meme man himself, Johnny Walker, plus 275. One of my favorite moments of his in his UFC career. Dude is getting coached up by um <clears throat> what's the guy's name? Uh Connor's Connor's head coach. What's his name? I know. I always um I always forget his name. Because uh, I John Cavanaugh. So there we go. Thank you. Yes. Um I love how you thanked me yes. for a sign I asked you for, but it's all good. Because I was just about <laughs> to say it and then you said it right in front of me, right as but- I was thinking it. He's in the corner getting coached up in between rounds, right? And the camera's on him off to the side. And and John's talking to him, and he looks like he's eating it up. And then out of nowhere, he just goes <laughs> into the camera. Just <laughs> to the, it, it was fucking hilarious. Like, when I was watching it live, I'm not going to lie, I was very high. I was under the influence of the Marijuaners. <laughs> And I thought I was tripping. Like, I was like, nah, ain't no way that just really fucking happened. <laughs> Did y'all see that? And they're like, yeah, uh, that really happened. So the dude is the meme lord himself. Um, I say all that to say, uh, this is going to be a hard fight for Magomed Ankalaev. And now people are probably going to be surprised in hearing me say that. Um, I think 
if he's able to get Johnny Walker down, he might be able to submit him super easy. Like, I will yeah. say that. But I think this new and improved version of Johnny Walker, where he fights on the outside and is actually really disciplined about his power, um, I think this could really give Magomed Ankalaev some serious problems, especially with the different approach as far as attacking the legs and working up to the body as he goes along after he's already banked some damage. We've already seen Jan Blakovic put, do some significant damage to Magomed Ankalaev's legs uh, that caused him to be in a little bit of a tough spot. I know you mentioned before the show even started that you're not a Johnny Walker guy. I don't think I'm a Johnny Walker guy either, um, but I just think this is a stylistic matchup that really fucking favors him here. If he ends up on the ground, he probably gets mauled and destroyed, and I will admit that to all of you. Uh, but as long as this one stays on the feet, I think Johnny Walker is aces. So I'm going Johnny motherfucking Walker, baby. Ooh. I know you wasn't ready for that one. How you feeling, Sean? See, this is ex- I, I feel exactly how you feel. Where I feel if Magomed takes him down, it's a long night for Johnny Walker. But at the same time, taking Johnny Walker down, this new and improved Johnny Walker, for that's what we're calling him. Um, I believe that that is much, much tougher nowadays. But at the same time, the thing that bothers me with uh, with uh, Johnny Walker is the fact that I'm, you know, his wins are nice against uh, Kutalaba, Paul Craig, and Anthony Smith. But if you think about those names right now, they're not the end-all, be-all top five contenders of this division. So, you know, I feel like Anthony Smith's more on the way out. Paul Craig's already... He already did leave. He's in a different division. And, you know, Kutalaba's, you know, kind of, and I talked about this in the preview show a couple of weeks ago where he's in and then he's out. He's in, he's out, he's in, he's out. It's like, you know, he has his moments and then he retreats. And Ankalaev is probably the biggest and toughest test he's, he's going to have since probably Jamal Hill when Jamal Hill was on his run. So this is a tough one. And I believe that Magomed, beat Jan Blachowicz in the in the title fight. I, I'm a firm believer. I don't. <laughs> I see I and and I, I remember we we've had this discussion before. I, I felt Jan won the first two rounds, but I just felt with Jan so gassed out and Magomed just absolutely obliterating him to the point where even Jan felt he lost. Mm. I felt that that was one not a great title fight at all. I think everyone was disappointed with whoever was going to win, but I think uh, it wasn't what Uncle I have wanted in, in his fight. He looked beaten up after those first two rounds. I was surprised he even left the second round with, with how bad his legs were beaten up. So I don't know what exactly the game plan is for Johnny Walker, beat up the legs and stand up. It sounds like what the casuals would say, but I would say if, if Johnny Walker could stay on the feet, like you said, then he's got a great shot here, and I think he can, he could uh, catch Magomed slipping. But I think if Magomed can find a way to take Johnny Walker down, which I think he will in 15 minutes at least once, it's a really tough night. And so at the moment, I know I'm going to regret it later, but I'm taking Magomed so I can continue to be different from you. Because I was going to go with Johnny, but because you chose Johnny, I'm going with Magomed here. So we can kind of keep it flipped and switch it up. This is going to be a very close fight, though. But I, I do think that Magomed can and will take him down. And I think from there, it's Magomed's game. 
Hey, man, I couldn't, couldn't argue with the way you broke this one down. Stellar performance from you, as always, man. You bring it, and you make me question my picks. Uh, but I like that we're on opposite sides of this one. Gives us a little bit of something fun to worry about. And also, he's the fucking meme lord. And right? if it doesn't work out, it is what it is, right? I'm not going to be mad. Uh, it is what it is. Uh, but next up, our co-main event. Things are getting creepy, man. Things are getting scary. Kamaru Usman, the Nigerian nightmare, plus 235. It feels sacrilegious even saying that out loud. Coming up against Hamzat Chimaev at minus 250. Sean, I'm laying out, and I'm just going to give you the floor here, brother. Of course you are. Of How do you, you feel <laughs> about this spectacular co-main event? Would I surprise you if I if I said to you, that Kamaro could win? <laughs> Not at all. Would that surprise you? Not at all. This is tough, man. This is tough. If this was a full fight camp, I'd be more into Kamaro here. So this is so tough. Mm-hmm. Because, listen, I'm a big fan of Hamzat. I am. I think he's a little overhyped at the moment. But I still think he's really, really good. Mm-hmm. And I think he is as advertised. But the Gilbert Burns fight woke me up. To, and I think it woke up some people, but people still believe in Hamzat. With the fact that one, Hamzat hasn't fought in a while. Uh, and then when he fought Gilbert Burns before that, that was close, man. That was, you know, people went into that fight thinking Hamzat was going to just wreck him and be a completely different fighter. But Gilbert cracked him at least twice and had Hamzat shook. Did he so really? I don't did he really? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah, he, Hamzat was Hamzat was trying to find himself on the mat. He There was a moment where Gilbert cracked him good. And he was having a tough time. Especially, I think it was the end of round two. Where he was stumbling. He's trying to like lift himself up with his own hands. Hey, he was trying looking to realize. for the legs, okay? <laughs> yeah, that's what we're... Sure. <laughs> so this is... This is... And this is why it's so tough. Because his fight against Li Jingling... That was a great Hold on, fight. what? He, Against who? Jingling Li or someone? Li, it's Li Jing Liang. Is it not? <laughs> there we what go. There we go. That's the first thing it right I said. Lot? No, you didn't. You called him Li Jing I said Li Jing Ling. You said Li Jing Ling. It's Li Jing Liang, my boy. Come on. Same thing. All right, I didn't put the A. I didn't Jing put Ling the A. Jing Ling is slightly racist. I'm going to be real. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But that fight was incredible. Because yeah. it just continued the streak of he's never been hit. You know, he's just a different guy. Right? Just absolutely. Came back from, you know, almost retiring because of obviously everything that happened with COVID. And, you know, he comes back. And then the great fight. Then Gilbert Fern's fight was, he was, just, I think that was the first time he was ever tested. And then this whole nonsense with the, him getting Nate Diaz as a fight. Then this humongous shakeup at the, the day before. And then he's fighting Kevin Holland. Like, that's the stuff that's just such nonsense to me. And then, yeah, of course, he's going to ragdoll Kevin Holland. He's a completely different fighter than, than Kevin Holland. And Kevin Holland isn't at that level. So that fight was, was already a mismatch. And, of course, he went so easily. But Kamaro is a decorated legend Hall of Fame champion. And this is why it's so tough. And you know what? I'm going to go with Kamaro Usman on this Ooh. fight. 
really? I can't believe I'm saying this. Holy hell. Because I think Hamzat should win, and I think he can and will. But I love Kamaru's will to take this on nine or ten days' notice to fight at middleweight. Hamzat has been sitting still for, I think it's over a year now. Yeah. Um, this is a big fight. And I think this is a bigger fight for Kamaru and his legacy and what happens with him moving forward. Because if he loses this one, I kind of don't know what happens with Kamaro after this. And maybe he retires. I don't know. Like, he might just say he's done. So, I think Hamzat should win and probably will. But I want to believe in Kamaro Usman on this one. And uh, believe that there's some exciting one last push for a title run in the tank. And a different weight class. And um, hopefully those knees stick with him. For a couple more, couple more minutes, a couple more rounds, and I think uh, with with how that Gilbert Burns fight went, it kind of woke me up to Hamza and getting tested for the first time, and I think Kamaro could do the same. It's gonna be, I think, a big wrestling match, so I don't think it's gonna be a lot of, you know, beating the shit of each other to the point where they're stumbling. But this is gonna be a very, very close fight. Uh, it sucks that it's only 15 minutes. I wish it was 25, but. I think, like I said, I think Hamza will win, but I want to say Kamaro, so I'll stick with Kamaro. Whew. God damn, you got me ready to run through a wall for this fight, man. Uh, I am picking Hamza Chimaev, so thank you for that yes. one. Just got to say, off the top. Uh, but I love this fight, man. I fucking love this fight. I think if this were a full training camp for both these guys, I might, I might be a little more intrigued on the same side as you, right? I, I feel like yeah. this is a very competitive matchup. And I think what, what makes this so exciting, right, is like obviously both of these guys are going to test each other's chin at some point. But we have not seen anyone have the fucking stones besides Leon Edwards to engage in the grappling phases with Kamaru first. I think Hamzad is going to be the first one to shoot in this fight. And I can't wait to see what happens, right? The scrambles, how he reacts to those shots whether or not it was set up well, like all those things are going to obviously give it, give us a lot of information on how this fight's going to go, man. I'm so pumped for this fight. Like there's so many different angles I can go with this. As far as the striking, this new and improved version of, of Kamaru Usman is very exciting to consider, especially when you consider his best weapons are his straight shots right down the middle. What got Gilbert Burns in trouble against Kamaru Usman? It wasn't the, it wasn't the hooks, right? It wasn't the big shots that you would think. Uh, it was the straight shots and the jab specifically from Kamaru Usman. I think having Trevor Whitman in your corner can only help dial you in into what you have to do. And in this matchup, it's going to be those straight shots, right? That is what's going to pay his bills in this fight. If he can keep ramming things right down the middle, no pause, and put himself in a good spot uh, to force shots that he sees coming where he's able to keep himself on his feet and continue to be punishing with Hamzad in those positions. Uh, that's Kamaru's path to victory, right? Uh, for Hamzad, though, um, fucking look out, right? Fucking look out. Because at this point, you talk about how he hasn't fought for a year as a negative thing. I, I look at it as the exact opposite, man. Get that guy in the lab and just let him fucking cook, right? Let him work. Let him figure out these things. Because I, I would imagine the dude is training like a madman, uh, made the move over to 
the UAE, I believe, might be Dubai. I'm not sure. Uh, but he's full-time training out there now. And the dude is just a fucking animal, right? Like, I won't be surprised, honestly, if we end up with a Gerald Mearsharp moment where he just cold crocks, lands a nasty shot against Kamaru and just knocks him out. I could see that happening. I could also see a world where takes him down and Kamaru can't find a way uh, to get back up an entire round of top position against Kamar Usman kind of breaks your mind thinking about it, right? Like you can't, that's what you do, my mans. That's the, that's not what people do to you. Um, yeah. This fight got me salivating to say the least. Um, I'm, I'm picking Hamza just because I think the youth and the fact that he was training for this date um, is very important, but I don't like the stylistic change on short notice, right? You were supposed to be fighting Paulo Costa. Now you're fighting Kamaru Usman. Uh, this is a dangerous fight. So I don't mind you going the way you went, but I'm pretty confident with sticking on this side. I think it goes to decision, though. So give me Hamza by decision. Mm. Yeah, I, I think this is going to be a decision as well. But I think, I also think like they both have so much to lose, but I kind of think Kamaru has a lot to lose here too because you lose both to Edwards and now you're basically stuck at welterweight so this is your glaring opportunity right in front of your eyes I wish it were more days notice I wish it wasn't under two weeks but this is a humongous opportunity to find yourself in another belt opportunity because whoever wins this fight I guarantee you will be the favorite against Sean Strickland (laughs) in in all the betting odds no one's going to believe in Sean Strickland especially with these two facing off against him so this is a humongous opportunity for Kamaro to get a second belt and a humongous opportunity to solidify if Hamzad is for real. You know, like, that that was the fight against Gilbert Burns. Was he, Is he for real or not? And he, mm-hmm. they proved, yeah, he's for real. But at the same time, like, okay, he's not unhittable like he was going into the Lee fight where he only had been hit twice his entire career. And Gilbert Burns cracked him a couple times. So he wasn't this, you know godly figure he was human and then obviously this nonsense with nate diaz and kevin holland <laughs> bullshit like it, it just kind of clouded him for another whole year and a half of we've been waiting to see him get tested again so i've been waiting to see him get tested again for since the gilbert burns fight and kamaro's gonna do that kamaro's gonna lay it all on the line his career is probably on the line here win or lose i think if kamaro wins this obviously he goes for a belt and, you know, he'll fight Sean Strickland. But I don't know how much longer he's got left in, in the career here. You know, he's mm-hmm. – we all know about his knees. We all know, you know, he's getting up there in age. He's been a de- – he's a Hall of Famer. He's going to be first ballot. He's, you know, he's one of the best ever. But I think if Kamaru loses his fight, he might actually consider hanging it up. You know, he might say, listen, I had a great run of welterweight. I'm not getting that belt. I just lost to Hamzat. No way I'm getting this belt. This – you know what? Thanks, guys. I appreciate everything. I'm done here. Hmm. You know, I, maybe he won't retire at, in Abu Dhabi. Maybe he'll do one more to retire on home soil. I don't know what he wants to do. Maybe he wanted to do the UFC Africa card that might happen in a year or two. I don't know. But this this could potentially be a complete career changer for Kamaro. So I think he's going in balls to the wall here. He's got to win this fight. And I think he's – I believe he can. I think Shemaev should win and can win and will. But I'm not – taking anything away from Kamaro here. I, I think he can get it done. Whew, what a what a what a co-made event we have and we're not even at the main event, baby. It's time. 
Islam Makhachev minus 250 versus Alexander Volkanovsky part two. Volkanovsky gives you a plus 210 comeback. God damn. I'm so excited for this fight. Um, I'm going to try to speed run my analysis here. Uh, but there's just so much to cover, right? So many different things, so many different ways I could angle this. Um, I thought it was very obvious that Islam Mahachev won the first fight. But I also thought it was a fight where Alexander Volkanovsky learned a lot of lessons, right? You learn a lot of lessons whenever you get to compete against someone that good. And I thought it was fascinating to see different moments in the fight where you could really see that Volkanovsky does his damn homework, right? Think back to that sequence where Charles Oliveira had Islam Makhachev on the fence and Islam throws a little knee, gets uh, Charles Oliveira to be like, you know, I'm going to get that back because that's a very MMA thing to do, right? Someone lands something on you, you try to get it back. And then as soon as he throws that knee up against the fence, Islam t grabs it and gets a takedown that leads to the end of this fight, right? That very same sequence happened in the in the fight between Islam Mahachev and Alexander Volkanovsky. And what did he do? Shout out to Miguel Class, by the way, because he's the one that, that brought this to my attention on Twitter. What did he do? He wrapped up the arms and made sure that Islam did not have a motive or an ability to work off of that small knee. He literally, you could see, right? You could very visibly see that this man does his homework, which you love to see. Um, this is a tough fight. This is a tough fight for anyone, but to come in on short notice, Alexander Volkanovsky is a fucking dog. Give him his flowers. There's not many people like him, and I don't think we're ever going to get another guy like him. The dude is one of one and an all-time great, in my opinion. And this is a hot take, but I don't give a fuck at me. The greatest of our era, right? The greatest of the era right now, in my opinion. I fully agree and am fully... I will put my name on the line to say, as far as what we're seeing and modern day mixed martial artists, what he's able to accomplish, how well-rounded he is, how technical he is in all phases, right? It's not just the striking where he's technical. Uh, the dude just is fucking nails, right? Just a nightmare matchup for most people. Um, but if there's anything to build off of for the first fight for Islam, it's the striking, right? It's the striking. You're not scared of being taken down by Alexander Volkanovsky. Commit. Commit a little more. I think when he committed in the first fight, he did some real damage. And I think we could definitely see a little bit more of that if he's in shape to do that. Now, as far as Volkanovsky's side, um, he alluded to this a little bit on Ariel's show. I don't know if whether or not this is the truth or not, right? Because sometimes we could say some things just to, to try to get certain desired outcomes. But I think his path to victory here is exactly as he stated there to get a fucking knockout, to put yourself in a position where you're not having to deal with being controlled to put yourself in a position where you're not having to fight from adversity, from a place of being in a, in a disadvantageous position. You want to get out ahead of the goddamn monster, right? You have to, especially when you're coming in here on short notice to get it done. I think this is Islam's fight to lose. I think even if they were to rematch with the full camp, I think this is Islam's fight to fight to lose because of the, stylistic advantages but also the physical advantages if they were the both the same height i would pick volkanovsky 10 times out of 10 um but islam is just a different beast and we see that right we saw that in the charles Oliveira fight we've seen it in in that fight where he clearly was the winner in my opinion you could argue he won that fight four to one um it's going to take a Herculean effort for Alexander Volkanovsky. My heart is with him. I'm rooting for him here, uh, but I'm going to be smart here. 
I'm going to pick Islam Mahachev to win by unanimous decision once again. I don't think he's able to get Volkanovski out of there, uh, but I think he is just in a perfect position to win this rematch. Sean, am I crazy? No, uh, I think Islam does win it. And the thing is, this is this is one of those, well, you know what? I don't want to throw some shade your way, but I'm going to do it. Hmm. In your main event predictions, you are one seven and one. Just in your last in your last nine. Okay. Just God damn, really? Holy hell. For real? You have had you've had a you've had a rough you've had a rough Golly. Okay? Oh, one, hey, I, I can't wait. Hey, seven, you you're oh, on the one, same right? boat as me, motherfucker. Act like you all right ahead of me. I lost continue. three in a row, but I did have some wins in there, all right? I, I did I did steal a couple. I did have the gone win. We and we both had the easy one with Max Holloway, but you know I I did pick Luke. You know we I I do have I'm not doing much better, but <laughs> just saying you know I throw it out there just Great so for the fans that's to, crazy that's actually crazy just just for the fans to to know that but that's how good fighting is is that even when you get to the main event which is supposed to be the easiest one to pick, it's one of the hardest because especially that just shows how good competition has become. That's not like it was five years ago where so many champions lasted forever. You know, anyone can win on any night now. And obviously that's always the, the running thing every year, every fight, every time. But, you know, you kind of have like a good feeling about it. And if, if Volkanovski had a full camp, I would think this fight would be a lot, lot closer. I, I probably would still lean Islam here, but I think it would be a very, very close fight. But at the same time, Volkanovski's same thing is in the is in the same boat as Kamara, where he's got everything to lose in this division. He loses this, there's probably no shot he's coming back to 155, and then he's kind of stuck being a champion, which oh boo hoo. But he's kind of stuck being, you know, he's gonna fight Ilya next. That's fine. But then after that, he's kind of already ran through everybody. Mm-hmm. Hey yo again, but yes, you know, like he's already <laughs> he's already faced everyone. So. It kind of leads him to another tough situation. You know, he's definitely had that talk with maybe himself and his team and his family where he said, listen, I can take this short notice fight and I can become a double champ. But if I lose, I lose the the shot of ever coming back here. So Mm. with 11 days notice, do I really want to do it? And I think he firmly believes he can do it. I think he found out a lot about Islam that night, that he's not Khabib Jr. You know, he, yeah. he basically is, but he's not. Khabib was a different level. Yeah. And I think Islam isn't at Khabib's level yet. Maybe he can be and will be, but Islam mm-hmm. still is, is pretty green. You know, he's he beat Oliveira, which was an incredible feat, but he's not unbeatable. And I mm-hmm. think Volkanovski figured that out, and I think a lot of fighters figured out that Islam is not unbreakable and unbeatable like because of the, the pathway Khabib created. So I think Volkanovski thinks, I know I could beat this guy now. I know what I have to do. Stuffing the takedown, you know, whatever, and forcing it to the cage, find a way up. I think he feels he could do it. But giving Islam a full camp is a major advantage. Granted, your, your, your camp is headlined toward Oliveira, but at the same time, your last fight was against Volkanovski. So you were literally preparing for the fight that you've already prepared for for 10 weeks before. So this isn't going to be much different. And it's only a major disadvantage to Volkanovski to one fly to Abu Dhabi 
which is going to be like like uh, Khabib said, is cr- incredible jet lag for anybody who goes there. You feel that a couple days after landing, and also Volkanovski said he was at 182 pounds. He has to cut. He said he had to cut over 25 pounds. That's a lot in 11 days. That's a lot of cutting and less training. So that is definitely going to play a factor. And I don't want to say, I hate when people say, oh, he's already built in the excuse. Oh, I came off the couch. It's not an excuse. It's just showing he's literally wasn't prepared to be in fight shape at this moment. He's prepared to fight in January, not in October. So he's going to go balls to the wall as well. And he's going to give it everything he can. He's going to go swinging. But I don't think this is going to be by decision. I think. I think Islam will submit him in round four. I think by then, Islam uh, Volkanovski not tired because he's unlimited gas tank, but I think Volk might get a little sloppy with trying to, if he's especially if he's down, you know, in scorecards after three rounds, he might try to do something to get a little impatient, and I think Islam waits for that moment and he does very well in that where he just waits for one little opening. And Volkanovski spent 10 weeks preventing everything Islam was good at. And still, Islam had three rounds control. And I mm-hmm. think with this one, Islam will find a little bit more opening, a little bit of an easier time. Not saying it's going to be an easy fight, because it's not. But I think Islam will, will find a way to get it done to the point where Volk has no choice but to actually tap. And uh, not some, I don't think he's going to go to sleep or anything like that, but I just think it's going to be one of those where it could be probably. I'm. I'm gonna just what I see in my head. I think it's gonna wow. be a rear naked choke, and I think, I think he's gonna get Volk to tap. Unfortunately, but I would love nothing more than to see Volk shock the world and become a double champ. Because if there's anyone that deserves it, because like you just said, he is probably the greatest fighter of this generation at this current moment of fans. Uh, the last five years, I would say he's probably the best. And I would love nothing more to see another double champ. We haven't seen that. We haven't seen the double champ in, in, in a hot minute. So he deserves it more than anyone. But I just think taking a short notice fight on 11 days notice to fly across the world and to cut 25 plus pounds and to have very limited time to train, that's very, very tough. Especially coming off of an elbow surgery, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know he came off of some surgery. So this is tough. This is a very, very, very tough one, and uh, I think, I think Islam will win. And unfortunately for Volk, I really hope he he can pull it off. But I think Islam will get it done. My rant is over. Whew, golly! Um, I'm gonna be honest with you here. Hear me out, Ram. Be honest with you here. Um, I think if there's anything you said that I completely disagree with, um, there's is no the fact way. He's submitted? Yeah, there's no way, dude. There's <laughs> no way. Have we seen? We've seen him in the deepest of deep oh, uh, guillotine chokes. Um, that'll be super impressive if Islam's able to get that done, man. But but different hell. Man. There's so Talking many different. There's so different many different camps. angles, right? So many different oh, angles you could go. You could go through with this. Um, golly, man. This is I, what love I, was talking about I love it. I love it. I just can't wait to show. watch it. Yeah, I just can't wait to watch it all play out, man. I think. Yep. I think I think Alexander Volkanovsky has a fucking shot here, and I think I'm gonna come to regret not picking him because I, I honestly really do feel he has a shot here, man. But I think that does it for us, man. This is gonna be an awesome fight. I can't wait to be to your left or your right while we're watching it, just to just to be right. fanning out, nerding out, and super pumped to watch this, man. But. 
with all that being said, before we get out of here, brother, why don't you remind the people that it's time for Dynasty, baby? There we got a go. stacked card. <laughs> we got so many different awesome matchups. So it's only right. It's only right that we get our dynasty picks going. So for this week, we spun the magic wheel and somehow Sean ended up being the first pick. Oh yeah. So Sean, (laughs) whenever Uh, you're ready, start us off. I need some music. I need some draft music. Okay. Listen, I know it's, it is something we need here, but listen, I'm going to, I'm going to take the L on the first one. And I know I don't think we've ever done that before, but it's it's what I'm gonna do. And I'm taking Volkanovski with my first pick. Wow, you this guy. Okay. <laughs> I believe okay. Volkanovski, even with this loss, will still terrorize the featherweight division, and uh, he'll still have a a long title reign there. So I'll take the L for the first one, but I think he still at least got four or five wins in the bag waiting for me. Golly, you just fucking made it difficult. I wasn't expecting that. I got I definitely Sorry, wasn't buddy. expecting that. <laughs> oh man. In some ways it makes it easier, but in some ways it makes it fucking harder. Let's be real. Pause. Um I think pretty obvious with the second pick. I'm going Tim Elliott. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm going Islam Makachev, obviously yes. the champ. I think it's only right. And then yep. from there, I mean, I haven't had a good record picking champions. I got, I got to say that. But, um, <laughs> ooh, I'm kidding. We all know who I'm going with, right? Warley Alves, baby. Now nah, I'm playing. Hamzat Chimaev, <laughs> lock it in. Islam and Hamzat. God damn, I can't be happier with the second and third pick, Sean. The wheel has returned. It is your turn once again. Tough one again, man. This is. There's so many good ones. So my first one, thinking about the second one, because this is tough. Yeah, the first one's pretty obvious. Mm -hmm. This is tough. So with my first one, I'm taking Ikram. Yes, sir. The hot yoga man himself. Give me Bikram. Okay. I kind of want to see how you take this. These next two picks, and I'll kind of, I'll take the scraps. Are you trying to trade down in the draft? Is that what you're trying to do right no, now? No, 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 no. I'm just seeing what you're gonna do with your last two picks. Um, I need your pick you know first. What? So I know. Calm it down. All right. Calm it down. Right. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> give me, uh, give me Muhammad Makayev. Ah, uh, you I'm piece gonna... of shit. You piece of shit. You got me. You got me with that one. God damn it. I didn't think that was the way you'd go because that that hurts. I know. Yeah, that but there's really still there's hurts. still two, three really good hammers. Ones. Yeah, three hammers yeah. we can still choose from. This is probably <sighs> the most the most uh, hammered one. You know, ten eight picks that we've ever had. I could all agree. of them are absolute killers. Yeah, man. This is just... probably the first one. This this is like a fantasy draft right here. This is <laughs> this is different. This is all like we we first round picks. Yeah. In reality. Across the board, literally first round picks across the board. Yeah. Damn. Uh this is where it gets hard, right? This is where things get difficult for sure. You like it hard. Eh, <laughs> definitely. Not the first person that's told me that. Um, 
I'm definitely going to be going with the Bash Bros right now. I've got one, two Bash Brothers on my roster. I told you. I'll let you, you love it. to see. Thank you. I appreciate that. I was hoping I got Makayev, honestly, more than anything. I know. Um, but holy hell, this is where things get difficult, man. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Ooh. I don't want to do it, but I think I might have to, man. I don't want to. Do it. Uh, yeah, I think I'm going to have to, bro. I'm going to have to. Give me, nah, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> I can't do it. I can't. I'm scared, bro. This is scary. Do it. Um, <laughs> I think I'm just going to remember that this dynasty competition, wow. this dynasty competition lives forever. I'm going on show Jubilee. Sean, who wow. wow, that was surprising. Sean, who you got? That is surprising. Okay. I thought he was going to be third on the list. I didn't think you were going to take him now. All right. I, I so need now, to hear what where... your power rankings are then because, goddamn, what the hell? Who would be ahead of him? I thought, well, I thought at first you were going to think Uncle I was ahead of him for right now. Um, I I don't like Uncle I, I've, I'll be honest. I, I know don't. you don't. I know. <laughs> And I'm not a fan of Johnny Walker either. Yeah, me neither. That's why I'm, I'm staying away. I know. So this is the part where any of these are still pretty good. Yeah. So I'm not taking Kamara Usman. Yeah, yeah one, that's the one I was I was struggling with. I'm not taking him because one, I don't know how much longer Kamara has left. One, I don't think he can win this fight. I don't think he will win this fight, but I'm still picking him. Mm-hmm. But I don't know how much longer he's got. So I, for dynasty reasons, if we were doing a pick him, I would take him like I did. But I just don't think he's got the longevity here. So the other hard part is, is that Uncle Iev, when he loses, he's he threatens to quit every time. And I don't like that about him. Mm-hmm. But... I do feel that he's got the home advantage here. And I, Johnny Walker's nasty, but I just don't know how nasty he will be against Ankaliyev, who has been looking to fight since this disaster of a title fight, his last one. So give me Ankaliyev to finish it off. I will take him with my final pick because he is still a number one contender in the light heavyweight division. So I will still believe that he is right there with that. It's tough though, because I don't know. I don't know where he will go next. And same thing with Johnny Walker here. Like that's what's so Mm -hmm. tough is Johnny Walker. I don't know what his future holds if he loses. And with Uncle Iev, even if he wins, I don't know what happens with him next because mm-hmm. there's so many guys that are hurt that will leapfrog him. And at the same time, like, will they want to run back him versus Jan Blachowicz because it was a draw? Like, I don't know what they want to do with that. So this, it, it's it's very confusing with Uncle Iev. So I'll take him for now for my final pick. But still, I'll take as a final pick in a dynasty. It's not that bad, so I'll take it. Holy hell, yeah. I mean, we could look back in a couple weeks and hate ourselves for not taking Shara Magomedov, for not taking Nathaniel Wood, for not 
and Kamaru Usman. Like this that is was a, a stacked lineup for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Kamaru was the one I struggled with the most because honestly, you could see a world where he wins this one, wins the title, and then like he's, you know, it's I worth know. the pick. Uh, so yeah, it's crazy, yep. man. It's crazy. I was having trouble <laughs> um, with Uncle Ayev and Nathaniel Wood because I I feel Nathaniel Wood's just getting started. Yeah. He's. he's and that's where, in my opinion, dynasty leagues are won, right? Like some of these guys might be championship caliber contenders and be of that upper echelon of the division, but does that really yeah. translate to dynasty wins all the time? Not really, right? Those, those are the the closer you get to the top, the closer they are to 50-50. So that exactly. that was my that's my philosophy sometimes, right? You want to try to get ahead of the curve so that you're getting them on the way up on the way through the division where typically things are a little bit more favorable, but man, you can't go wrong either way. Stacked lineup from the top. Sean went number one overall, Alexander Volkanovsky in a, in a matchup where he didn't pick him, which feels sacrilegious to me. Uh, I went, I went uh, Islam and then Hamzat. He bounced back with Ikram and Muhammad Makayev, which if you ask me, you won the draft. Like right there, you won the draft. Volkanovsky, Ikram, uh, come on, son. And then obviously Thank I got God. Javid. I've gotten Enshul Jubilee. And then you round things off with Magomed Ankalaev. This is going to be a fun week, man. This is, there's oh, a man, lot so of implications, excited. man. So many different ways this could all play out. And, uh, golly, I'm just, I'm all here for it. Uh, so with all that being said, how can the people find you, Sean? You can find me on Twitter. If you want to see some more incredible takes by yours truly, you can find me on Twitter at SeanNegron26. And uh, if you ever want to get started in the sports community anyway, writing, podcasting, editing, whatever it is, find me on Twitter and shoot me a DM. Or you can go to my website, bsreports.org, and uh, see what I do, how I've already helped so many. And uh, give people the platform to, you know, spread their sports dreams and help them get on their way. So, you know, you can find me there. Yes, sir. Shout out to this week's Dynasty for single-handedly making me readjust the document for how long these dudes' fucking names are. So I got to mention that. <laughs> uh, but you can find me on Twitter at MMA as well as on TikTok with the same handle. And you could also find me on Instagram at Chris Negron underscore for once again, all the awesome sports takes. Uh, but alongside that, make sure that you're following the brand for first and foremost, OTS Media Co. on YouTube, OTS Media on all other platforms. And just like that, baby, we're done. This was awesome. UFC 294 right around the corner. Can't wait until three days from now. And the main event is Islam Mahachev versus <laughs> Mateus Gamrot uh, or, or some other crazy nonsense where somebody falls out. But as of right now, as of Tuesday, October 17th, we're all ready to go for UFC 294. And we'll see you guys then. Peace. Peace.